This is an ABC podcast. So recently in an episode of Science Friction, we were wondering what came before the Big Bang? How did the beginning of the universe come from absolutely nothing? Well, today we're looking at the other end of things. How will it all end? The entire universe and everything in it. Hey, it's Natasha Mitchell, and this is a question that suddenly got very, very personal this year for poet, performer, and diehard physics fan, Alicia Sometimes. I think it's an unsettling idea that nothing survives the end of the universe. To think that absolutely everything about existence will be erased. That, I think, is something that that a lot of people, including myself, struggle with. The idea of just the total erasure and forgetting of everything that's ever happened in the universe. There's no, there's no, yeah, there's no good, unfortunately, there's no good ending. When I say the end of the universe, what do you think of? Spaces of nothingness, a Douglas Adams restaurant, or maybe something that happens an eternity away. I often think about endings, endings in books, homes I've lived in, relationships that have fallen away, and more recently, the end of my life. I was diagnosed with breast cancer a few months ago. I'm lucky it was caught early. There's been surgery, I'm about to start treatment. Things look good. But of course, it's rocked me to my core. I can't stop thinking about everyone and everything that matters to me. I keep wondering what happens after I'm gone. Philosophically or spiritually, this could be a whole other show. But what has anchored me and given me inspiration is contemplating the cosmos. How lucky we are to even be here at all. And the universe is everywhere even in hospitals. An MRI uses radio waves. And as I had my head face down while the MRI was clanking away, I thought of Jocelyn Bell Burnell using radio waves to discover pulsars or neutron stars back in 1967. I had a scintamammogram with an injection that felt like 20 bee stings all at once. It had a radio tracer that gave off energy in the form of gamma rays. And gamma rays can be detected after the collision of two neutron stars. I lay on my back, looking up at the dots on the screen that resembled galaxies, just to take my mind off the pain. So my curiosity has led me to explore not just the end of the world, our world, our planet, our home, but the end of the universe, the end of possibly everything. Will all stars, all space, all galaxies just stop existing? What are the likely scenarios and can we really know what lies ahead for the future of the entire universe? We like to talk about the universe, but, you know, it's always secretly hidden that we're really talking about ourselves, right? Chris Ferry is a physicist and author of many books, including Quantum Physics for Babies. He's an associate professor at the University of Technology, Sydney. We want to know, not really when the universe will end, but when will humanity end, I suppose. So that will happen long before the end of the universe. So the Earth will end, well, 
that could end any minute, right? I mean, a, an asteroid could come, wipe out life on Earth, climate change, disease, all sorts of what you might call natural and anthropomorphic reasons. If we manage to avoid all of those things, we still have a problem that in four and a half billion years, the sun is going to die. The sun will run out of fuel. And when it does that, it will expand as it burns more and more fuel and it kind of will puff out. We don't know exactly how big it will get, but it could engulf the Earth and possibly go even out to the orbit of Mars. So that would not be a good day to be hanging around Earth. Uh, but then that would be the end of at least the inner planets of the solar system. We were searchers from the beginning. We depended on one another. We were created hungry and stared at the vagabond stars. We thought we were their home. We knew we were part of every thing, cell, spark, birth and death. We knew all energy had usefulness. We were the center of the universe. And when we gave as much love as we could, we knew you were the center of the universe too. So in billions of years, our Earth, us, will have been wiped out. And even if planets of the outer solar system survive for a bit longer, what comes next? Cosmologist Dr. Katie Mack has written a delightfully probing book, The End of Everything, astrophysically speaking. She's Hawking Chair in Cosmology and Science Communication at Perimeter Institute. And she explores all sorts of cosmic finales. They go by names like the Big Crunch and the Big Rip. They all sound like Star Trek episodes or wild rides at an amusement park. To me, the most terrifying of the ideas, the most terrifying way for the universe to go, it's the idea that the current expansion of the universe could reverse and turn around. This is the idea of the Big Crunch. Scientists thought for a time there may be enough matter in the universe that the force of gravity might pull everything back in, halt the universe's expansion and cause it to contract. If that continued, eventually everything might be compressed into a super hot, super dense point in space and time, crunched down into something smaller than a pinhead. So right now we know that the universe is expanding. We see that distant galaxies are getting farther apart from us and farther apart from each other. And there's just more empty space all the time in the cosmos. You know, the universe started in this hot, dense state and it's been expanding and cooling since then. And there was this question for a very long time, will the universe continue expanding forever or will the universe stop and turn around? So how would we know if the universe just one day stopped expanding and started contracting instead? Through many scientific observations. But even standing on Earth with our telescopes, we'd begin to see everything in space getting closer. What that would look like for us is that the distant galaxies would no longer be moving away from us, they would start moving toward us, and everything would just get more and more compact. And you know, galaxies colliding with each other, also all of the radiation is coming together in a smaller space. And so when the universe is compressing, you're being sort of cooked 
by all of the radiation from all of the stars that have ever shown. And it gets so intense that the heat of space will end up igniting the surfaces of stars. And you end up getting like these thermonuclear explosions all along the surfaces of stars. And at that point, <laughs> there's, there's nothing survivable about that situation. And then that's, no, everything is destroyed there. And to me, that that idea is really terrifying. Like that, you would you would see it coming. You know, you would see the galaxies getting closer. You would see space getting hotter, and just the idea of being cooked like that is is a terrifying notion. Okay, so the idea of being cooked by radiation is mortifying, but hopefully not the fate of our cosmos. The majority of evidence suggests this big crunch hypothesis is not correct the universe continues to expand. We are not static. The space between space is accelerating. Georges Lemaitre understood our universe is unfastening. Edwin Hubble's spying galaxies shifting from our reach. Reverberation, the cosmic microwave background radiation rumbling, hums of electrons and protons moulding hydrogen atoms, the lilt and swing and tempo of countless quarks swimming in the strong force. We are transforming and moving. We are in space and we are in time. We are not fixed, the universe expanding into itself. We are born into a universe unable to sit still. We are the lines of persistent motion, malleable accordions of change. We calculate the emotional span between us. We are more imminent than we think we are. too relaxed, could the fact our universe is ever expanding and expanding result in another kind of cataclysmic end? Not the big crunch, but the big rip. Right now we know the universe is expanding and we actually know that it's speeding up in its expansion, which is a very weird thing. Very weird. The universe isn't just expanding, it's expanding in an ever-accelerating rate. A discovery made by two scientific research teams in 1998. And this acceleration is thought to be driven by dark energy, which is invisible, but operating everywhere in the universe. We still don't know what dark energy is. There's the sort of default hypothesis is that it's something called a cosmological constant, which is just a property of space that has this kind of stretchiness built into it. But what if dark energy went wrong and the universe's stretchiness went kind of rogue? Physicists suggest dark energy might possibly evolve and change into phantom dark energy, a hypothetical form of dark energy that might cause the expansion of the universe to accelerate and expand too quickly with devastating results. First, it would destroy the largest structures like galaxy clusters would start to dissipate and then the galaxy would start to unravel. You know, the stars in the Milky Way would start to drift off. And then the outer planets of the solar system would drift away, and then 
the earth would drift away from the sun. And then toward the very end of this process, the earth would be torn apart and stars would be torn apart. And then atoms and molecules themselves would be ripped apart. And at the very end, at the big rip, all of space is destroyed. Um, that's what happens if dark energy is something that gets more powerful in every in every part of space over time. And you don't want that. That's <laughs> That goes very badly. So phantom dark energy causing the big rip, tearing up all of space. Not ideal. In her book, The End of Everything, Katie Mack recalls as a student, listening to her professor give a presentation one day. He had his three-year-old daughter with him sitting on his lap, which to her made what he was asking them to contemplate especially poignant. He talked about the infinitesimally small possibility that everything in the universe could end suddenly without any warning. Katie writes, I felt completely blindsided, as if I could no longer trust the solidity of the floor beneath me. Forever etched into my brain is the image of that little child sitting there, fidgeting, obliviously in a suddenly unstable cosmos. And it's the idea of an unstable cosmos that offers another hypothesis for how the universe could end. One that's even stranger than the last two we've explored. It starts with the Higgs field. There's something called the Higgs field, which is this energy field that pervades all of space. You can't see it or feel it, but the Higgs field is fundamental to our existence. And it has a value associated with it. It has something to do with how particles got mass in the early universe. The Higgs part of the Higgs field may sound familiar. It was made famous with the discovery of a particle associated with it, the Higgs boson, predicted many years ago by Peter Higgs and others, discovered by experiments at the Large Hadron Collider in Geneva in 2012. And the Higgs field is a big deal, keeping the fundamental components of particle physics happy. The value of the Higgs field is sort of what sets the rules of physics. It sets the constants of nature and how particles interact with each other and how forces of nature interact with each other and so on. We often think of space itself as being empty, but it is full of fields that make up the universe. And there are different kinds of fields, all having a value assigned to them in every point in space and time. Think of the way air temperatures are listed on a weather map. These values are important, and in the case of the Higgs field, its value is universe-defyingly important. The idea is that in the very early universe, the Higgs field had a different value, and it changed at some point, and that set up how physics works now. It set up the possibility for atoms to happen, and, and molecules, and chemistry, and life, and all that. And we've been in this nice, stable universe with, you know, sensible laws of physics since then. But if the cosmos is so reliant on the Higgs field, what if it changed in some fundamental way? Could the universe unravel? The way it would happen is that there would be a kind of quantum event, a quantum tunneling event, somewhere in space in the Higgs field. And that would change the Higgs field value there, but it wouldn't stay localized in that spot. It would create a bubble of a kind of space with a different Higgs field value. That's a space that we call a true vacuum. For the purposes of poetic brevity here, a 
quantum tunnelling event and a true vacuum just mean the Higgs field could settle into a state it is not in currently, which would not be good because this could possibly cause vacuum decay. Think of this as a kind of spreading bubble of annihilation. And that bubble would expand out at about the speed of light and destroy everything in its path because it would change the space as it's expanding. And inside that bubble, atoms can't exist, molecules can't exist, everything would be destroyed. And so the idea that this is something that could in principle happen and it would be governed by a quantum event that we cannot predict that could technically happen at any moment, that's an unsettling thought. <laughs> you can think of vacuum decay as a delete button for the universe. Now, Katie thinks the chances of this happening is ridiculously small, terrifying, but small. And somehow she seems to maintain her sense of humour. There's something that is slightly scary and yet enough disconnected that you're not like viscerally terrified. And so it's like when you're on a, a roller coaster and you're laughing as you're going around a fast turn or something, you know, it, it's a little bit thrilling and a little bit unsettling and you're just out of your comfort zone. And somehow the response to that for me is laughter. It's weirdly funny. But less funny is one of the most likely endings. It's called heat death or sometimes the big freeze. And this would happen as the universe inevitably moves towards a state of thermodynamic equilibrium. I call it the latte universe. Physicist Chris Ferry. Imagine you have this wonderful, nice, bitter black liquid in front of you, and then somebody ruins it by putting some milk in it. <laughs> I like black coffee. So what happens is that the milk is right there and starts to spread and you get kind of like ribbons of like complex patterns. But in the end, if you repeat it over and over and over, the same thing happens. You just get a latte, just a soup of brown liquid. And that's what we think will happen with the universe. So, you know, at the beginning, there was a, a, you know, a drop of milk and we're living at the point where there's ribbons of complexity, but eventually all of these atoms that we see around us will just be spread kind of evenly, randomly throughout the universe. It kind of is a slow and gradual process, but our solar system will sort of be long gone way before, before that happens. So the endpoint would be a universe with no more stars, no more matter, no more atoms, and no more life. Everywhere would be the same, a cold, cold place of bland emptiness. Space stretches space as gravity wrestles expansion. We are stories of cycles, fluctuating oceans of atoms, shoals of stars in luminous, rich galaxies, dark matter embracing as dark energy hastens. The universe, 13.8 billion years old, its radius 46.5 billion light years and extending. One day, everything will dissipate, 
frayed fingertips unable to touch. No cannonades of new stars forming. A fugue of entropy. Furrows of trembling matter blurring further and further in steady black ink. Spilling into echoes of the void. The slow sleep of disappearing tombs. One final possibility to leave you with is the Big Bounce. It proposes a universe with no beginning or end. Instead, a cosmos that is cyclical. There are differing theories, one famously from mathematical physicist Sir Roger Penrose, where the universe goes through a heat death, empties out and starts a new Big Bang, and the universe cycle begins again. I mean, they're generally proposed to explain the early universe, so to give a different initial condition for our universe. And so by virtue of that, if you need something from the end of a previous universe to set up the conditions for our universe, that kind of suggests that some information has passed from the end of the previous universe to the beginning of the next one. And so that gives you this this intriguing idea of something like immortality, you know, that something could survive on through, that something could survive the end of the universe. The idea that information, something, anything survives from a previous cycle seems comforting. A universe that breathes life for countless years and then does it all over again. But Chris Ferry says an end to our universe is inevitable. And there's still room for hope. Sometimes what I tell people, you know, I'll tell them about how the universe is going to end. Their response is usually, well, that's depressing. I usually kind of phrase it in this sort of uh, battle, right? So you, you have this force in the universe, which is decay. Everything's going to decay. That's the evil in our story. So w- what is the good? Our situation that we are enjoying right now at this point in the universe is defined by the relationship between all of the atoms that are sitting around the earth and inside of us. The good in the universe that's fighting the decay is the propagation of information. So if you want to have you know, some sword to wield against this evil, it is to make things, you know, create stuff and put it on the internet so that it will last as long as possible. If you're allowed to swear, the the blog post I wrote about it was make cool shit and die. (laughs) (laughs) We think of objects, words, art, lasting generations. It is impossible to conceive of everything, everyone, being completely gone. But they will be, one day, even far in the future. But can the universe live on? Most cosmologists think not there is likely to be an end. Will it be a universe that goes on coldly for the longest time? Or is it one that rips everything apart? Or one that throws us suddenly out of our reality? I know it might seem strange to find solace pondering how the cosmos might finish. But at the moment, as I undergo cancer treatment with everything that involves, it has given me so much to be grateful for realizing how completely amazing it is we live in this time. 
So hopefully, we can care about our tiny blue planet, study the universe, write books, make cool stuff, and live the very best life we can. Someone must remember who we are, how we scrapbook each vanishing second, ravenous for comfort and love and worth. We have lived and we will no longer as generations bury their dead in books, and worse, in the recesses of margins never written, we are a kaleidoscope of views glittering in the tentacles of night. Doesn't that put a few things into perspective? It does for me. And a big hug for Alicia as she continues her treatment. More about her work and Katie Mack and Chris Ferry's popular books on the Science Friction website. Now, if you're in Canberra on Wednesday, the 30th of November, I'd love you to join me for a live Science Friction event with superstar anthropologist and technologist Genevieve Bell and guests on the ANU campus. To book, just look for the link at the bottom of the Science Friction homepage. It's part of a whole cybernetics exhibition and celebration on right now. It's going to be great. And uh, I'm sounding a bit snotty this week because after three years, COVID finally caught up with me. Feeling okay now and uh, thankful for those four vaccinations. I'm Natasha Mitchell. Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.